Adventist Radio London, inspiration for the soul. A beautiful Sunday evening to all you Adventist Radio London listeners. Welcome to another uh, episode of Let's Talk Business. Well, our guest today is Matthew Spofford, and he is a French and a German translator, and he's also the CEO of Spofford Translation Limited, or services rather, which he started in 2014. And there's a little, there is something special about him, but I will let him tell you himself. Welcome, Matt. Hi, Claudia. It's uh, lovely to uh, speak to you, and hi to all listeners at Adventist Radio. Thank you. Now, before we start... Let us pray. Merciful and gracious Father, we are thankful for a beautiful wet Sunday today. We need the sun, but we also need the rain, dear Lord. Everything in your eyes and your creation is balanced. As we're about to discuss business, dear Lord, we pray that everything be done in order and our listeners, including those of us who are presenting, will learn positively from it. Cover over the proceedings, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And our reading today is coming from a Christian business woman, and her name is Dr. Larnell Darnell Harmond. And she founded her business, which is called, she calls her business Incredible One. Incredible any one and yeah. she prefers uh, Jeremiah 1 verses 5 before you were forming your mother's womb God approved you and called you a prophet and she, her reading her words are this is actually the founding scripture of my company I leverage this to help others step into their divine gifts and talents and show them how to build wealth through yeah. entrepreneurship and leveraging them so yeah. we are going to before we speak with Matt we're just going to have a short bit of music a God like you, Kirk Franklin. And you know, for a really rainy, rainy Sunday evening, which is a beautiful evening, we like to keep the tempo up. So I'll talk to you on the other side of the uh, song when we will be speaking with Matt. <laughs> Still you always hear us through 
in heaven. There's only one God. Can I get a witness? Who came? Who else died for you? Who paid the price for you? There's only one. Bridge. Make some noise, y'all. fantastic piece of music for a uh, rainy Sunday evening. Welcome back to Let's Talk Business. I'm your host, Claudia Welsh, and we're talking with Matt Spofford of Spofford Translation Services, where he speaks, he translates in German and French to English. Now, before we yep. start off, there's a quote that I'd like to um, uh, read out to my uh, you lovely listeners. And something happened this week. I was uh, at a hospital and came across a young lady who was extremely ill. Because of the pandemic situation, her family could not be here with her. And I could see that she needed her family quite well. Uh, I approached some business people to say, you know, what's the charitable arm of your business that you can help reach out to the community, help someone like her? No one that I spoke to at the time had any. And I, I knew it was an eye-opener for them because they didn't think about it. So just a quote to say, in necessary things, we need unity. In doubtful things, we need liberty. In all things, we need charity. So if you're running a business, think about the charity arm to your business. Your business cannot exist in a community where it's being supported by a customer and not give back. Okay, so welcome again, Matt. And we are going I to we are going to start off quite nice and light here. I want you to tell our listeners where you're from and what or how was it that what was it like growing up. Where are so, you uh, from? Hi, Claudia. And, uh, hi to all the listeners at Aventus Radio. That was an excellent quote, by the way. Um, so, yeah, my, my name's uh, Matt Spofforth. I'm uh, 31. I'm from north Liverpool, as you can probably get from my accent. <laughs> it is quite relatively strong, although I'll, I'll try and keep it a bit lighter for you so you can understand me. Um, yeah, so um, I've, I've been in business for quite a few years now, and it has, it has been good, um, just keeping things relatively solid. In terms of growing up um you know that that has been the one thing that has essentially 
shape the way that I see life in general as well mm-hmm. as in business. Uh, you know, my, my parents came from very humble beginnings. Uh, you know, one, one of them lived in a council flat. One was uh, one out of eight children. Uh, one of them was, uh, you know, from a, well, technically from a single parent family because uh, his his dad uh, got injured in the Second World War. He was blinded oh. in Algiers um, around about 1943-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was very ill and, you know, he died at a very, uh, when my dad was at a very young age. So he, they, they had to basically fight for everything that they got really. And that has informed my work ethic from a very young age, particularly as well. The, the, the circumstances that I, I am in with my, with my own physical condition, as Claudia may have, may have mentioned, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, I've, I've had to work for everything that I've been given. Um, and, you know, that, that sort of gives you a sense of perspective really of, um, you know, being being able to reach out to the community as well, because we do live in uh, in interesting times, particularly now when we all have to stick together. And so, yeah, my, my upbringing is is definitely informed the way that I do business, and has taught me to treat everyone with respect and compassion. Indeed, indeed. And uh, if you don't mind, um, just mention to the audience uh, what uh, your um, what, what we, I don't want to be offensive, but what is your disability? So I, I have uh, cerebral palsy. So when I was born, I had a, a bleed in my brain. So um, my, my balance is a bit off. I can't walk and my coordination's a bit funny. Uh, but apart from that, it doesn't affect the way I do business because it's it's remote. And um, a lot of the time, my clients don't even realise I'm a manual wheelchair user because it's never really come up, and it's not really relevant to to what I do. Un- unless, in which case, they invite me to their, to, the, to their offices, and I have to ask them, "Is there a lift?" And then they and then they wonder why, and then I have to I have to tell them. And <laughs> but but ninety five percent of the time, uh, you know, as long as I do a good job, then there's there's no issue um, because it is remote, and you know we do have the odd phone call. Yeah. Which, the, yeah, the problem is getting me to shut up. That's, uh, that's <laughs> we love talkers. We do love talkers, right? So we'll we'll work it out. Not to worry. My 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 audience enjoy people who do talk. Now, uh, just to say, a couple of months ago, I interviewed a photographer who had yeah. a cerebral palsy and it affected his speech considerably and we were able mm-hmm. to work out a way um, with a, the help of a translator, someone he yeah. trusted. So you know what? It goes to say whatever situation or condition you find yourself in, anyone can be a businessman or woman, entrepreneur, nothing can stop you if you want to do it. And it's this is just an encouragement for our listeners or for people listening and they have kids or uh, or no friends or family in those situations. Never put a yeah. stop on anyone. There is always um, that encouragement out there. Yeah. Now, I am going to ask you. Yeah. How, if at all, uh, does this influence uh, that your condition influence you as a person? How how does it um influence as, how you as, go about? As in, as in, you know, as it, as in on a day to day basis, yeah. or informed my inform my mindset, mm-hmm. or just yeah. So, um, you know, sort of moving moving on from what I said before. So sort of with the work ethic, uh, having you know. Uh, having had this since birth and then over, you know, as you've grown up, you, you see, you know, you see yourself develop and then you get the educational psychologists on board and then they make, they make snap judgments based on what they know and their, and their knowledge. Um, and there were a few times, particularly when I was very young, that my parents have told me about that people have said, "Oh, you would never amount to anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's never there's never going to be any need for you at all. You know, so you, you're never really going to do anything at all." So as soon as I found that that you know found out about that when I was a few years older, that sort of lit a fire in me to almost uh, you know essentially prove everyone wrong. So I mean, obviously. You know, not in a negative way, as in a chip on my shoulder, but almost I felt I had a duty to um, essentially do what, what I was told could not be done, mm-hmm. um, and and that 
you know, that's the one thing that gets me up in the morning, even particularly if we have, you know, couple of, couple of bad weeks or bad months or or you know with all of this covid stuff going on at the moment you know it's it, it can be difficult at times but then you know i think to myself well you know think think about what you know the the prognoses you were giving the 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 chances you were given growing up and think about where you are now and you know just the the difference is is striking as such and you know that's come from you know i i owe my upbringing a huge amount for that Mm-hmm. Indeed, and I can just imagine that. And the point you made about I'm um, wanting to prove people wrong, it's also wanting to prove to yourself that you can do it as well. Mm-hmm. You like, well, so much for that. I've done it, you know. Yeah. Well done. Now, I'm going to ask you, your siblings, if I asked them for three words to describe you, three, what do you <laughs> think they would say? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well, sorry. First of all, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually a um, only child. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm actually from a, a you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm. It's just me. It's just me in the household. So, um, so, so I, I don't have siblings. Okay, myself, let me put yeah, it this way then. If, what would your mum say? It's okay, but if if I, if I did have, mm-hmm. if I did have, then they would describe me as uh, determined, positive, and consistent. Mm. Uh, consistent in terms of you know how I live my life on a day on a day to day basis. Consistent in my outlook on life, I would say. And I like uh, how you turn the question around. No siblings, <laughs> but hey, you give it fantastic. And then you say uh, determined. Definitely, I got that. And consistent, and positive. Those are upbeats, definitely up. So what would you say, um, or who would you say have been most influential in your life so far to date? Uh, well, I mean, I, again, risk sounding like a broken record. Go ahead. <laughs> but my, you know, my my, uh, my 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 family really they've always they've always provided that support blanket when I when I needed it. You know, my uh, my my mum gave up work when I was uh, when I was born mm-hmm. to care for me for quite a few years and then started up again when I was 18 starting university when you know once I got to that point where I could prove that I I could be at least physically independent uh but obviously you know if I did need that and that they would you know they would help uh and also there was you know they they would push me but it would never be you know uh aggressive in that way it would always be you know nice encouragement and in a sense that I, I've always been able to push myself because of that as well, because I know where they've come from. They've they've had to work for everything. So, mm. you know, I I said to myself, well, I don't want that to go to waste. Um, yeah, like- and I don't want the opportunities that I've been given to 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 go to waste. So in yeah, in terms of my, my own personal role models, I would say my my mum and dad and my coach family. Uh in 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 terms of in terms of people that I that I know sort of outside the family circle that mm-hmm. have inspired me, um, guys like uh, Ad- Adi Adepatan, uh, who's, you know, he's a presenter on the BBC, Adi Orik Bemi, Abdi Jama, who are also, uh, at, you know, uh, wheelchair basketball players for the for the Great Britain team. They were old friends of mine growing up. Uh, and I used to play basketball with them. Uh, their their outlook on life is 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 very positive, and you know they they've got married and they've got kids, and you know they've got a very a, a very strong moral compass. Oh wow! Uh, which is which is nice, and they, you know they've they they've built a good life for themselves, and so that that inspires me to you know just be be as solid as I can in terms of my how I deal with people, and just you know be there for people when uh, when they need me really. Wow, that's they were there for me. That so. is fantastic, and it's good that um, you are national as well as local. And I, I like the things you look at. You look at the groundedness of um, their lives. I mean, they're basketballers and presenters. You could say they've made it and become rich and famous, but that wasn't the mm. focus. It was the groundedness of their life and their strong moral compass. You don't get that a lot. So I hope they can hear this. I hope you, you, you let them listen in on this. It will be on pa- uh, podcast. <laughs> no, no, it's great. <laughs> in a few weeks, they can listen to it again. And um, when you talked about uh, you, you went to school, not wanting to waste the opportunity that your parents worked very hard for. And um, this is something that... Uh, 
myself as a Caribbean person can relate to for yeah. people from humble beginnings, working hard, don't want to waste what your parents give you. You would feel guilty. Yeah. I would like to know what kind of support do you get in the school arena growing up from, you know, from as young as you can remember up to college? What kind of support do you get? Um, in, in terms, in what sense, sorry? In terms of um, your ed- the education, how they teach you, how the education style, has it been adapted to you or there was nothing needed or educating right. people about uh, uh, your okay. circumstance? No, no that, that, that's fine. Okay. Um, so I... Because, because again of uh, of of my of my mum being so you know determined, she she got me into mainstream schools. So mm-hmm. uh, essentially, the the education itself wasn't adapted. But luckily, um, you know, when I left primary school, I was given the option to go to uh, Range High School in in Formby, because it was it was the only uh, school that was physically accessible at the time in two thousand and one. It was on it's on it's on it's on a sing it's on a single level um so in and as well the you know the the teaching assistants in there had worked with people with cerebral palsy and and autism and various other disabilities as well so there was a level of understanding there which you know they i didn't need to explain that to them in the sense that they you know they 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 were just i mean i didn't need a huge amount of support it was just they they were there if i needed them you know to put things in my bag um you know and anything kind of physical physical barriers really um in terms of the actual educational side once i figured figured out that i wanted to do languages and you know sports and that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, that that came, came easy to me the educational side Sides, uh, you know, I'm I was I'm very academically minded, so uh, so yeah. you know I, I was always going to put the time and the effort into do it. It was just, it was just it was great having them there. Yes, take away the physical barriers, really fantastic. And these things are good to note because um, nowadays maybe you'd see think um, schools are more uh, more schools are built to be accessible in, in, instead of you have to ask in a lot of questions all yeah. the time. So I'm um, excellent yeah. there. Uh, now I'm going to, I know you said you played uh, basketball and so on, but uh, that means you were, st- you were active in your um, more youthful years because you're still young. Uh, I want you to tell us when did you realize that you had an interest in languages. When did you realize you, you, you think this sounds good? German and French of all. Yeah, but mm. yeah, it's it's um, it's an interesting one, really, because obviously, um, even even when I was very young, I've always been I've always been really good with words. My reading level was always you know much higher than a lot of the other people in my. Uh, year group, um, but also you know we used to spend a lot of time in uh, in in Mallorca over the summer. So we you know we'd have little summer holidays here and there. We'd go to France on the odd occasion, um, and so and that sort of like you know um, so, sort of tweaked my ear really. And and then you you kind of listen to it and you go, well, there's, there's something about that that intrigues me, uh, you know, and even. You know, now you get a chance to do that in primary school, whereas we 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 didn't at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, so I almost knew instinctively that as once I got the opportunity to do it, you know, they gave, they said you can do Fre- French, German, or whatever it was you wanted to do. I I said I'm going to throw myself into it, and if it doesn't go well, then at least I give it a go because I, there's something that intrigues me about it, and I want to see where I go with it and it it's the best decision I ever made. <laughs> well, I'm glad about that. But German, come on, tell me about that. I would not yeah. have thought that. <laughs> I would have thought Spanish to be honest. But yeah, I'm well, not- I mean it's it, interestingly they do say that the Scouse accent is uh very conducive <laughs> to learning German because c- certain uh phonological factors are similar between the two accent accents. Mm-hmm. Uh but um yeah, it's. I don't know. I think there's just the, there's a lot of things about Ger- Germany that I like as well, and so that that gives you that impetus to want to do it. You know, we we do we do love a good currywurst, which is uh, a big street food in Berlin. So you know, those kind of motivational things, but also the 
the teacher that I had at the time, uh, he made it really fun for us uh, and was just just really supportive with it all. And, you know, even even the French side, they, you know, they, they organized trips, they organized, mm. uh, you know, time abroad that I could spend. So over time, it's just it, the connection has got stronger and stronger as the years have gone by. Uh, and, and I'm going to ask you, when do you think it's the best time for a, a person to learn a new language? How long have you got? <laughs> um, it's, the, I mean, no, no, neurologically, they say there is a, you know, a, a, a crucial period, I think, between three and five mm. where, where, where they kind of make a choice of, say, say if, you know, someone's grown up bilingual, one parent is Italian, one parent's English. Mm-hmm. So they, they make a choice of which, which do I prefer over the other one or, or is it the same? Um, and it's the same with a lot of, you know, immigrant communities. You know, they speak a language at home versus, you know, say if they're, say if they're you know, not English and they have to speak English in school. So they have to make that distinction and that choice. And it seems to be but, uh, a rather more fat, between three and five is when everything starts to come, you know, really naturally to them. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the one thing I do regret is I was never given the chance to do it much earlier because I would have, you know, I, I, I would have definitely well. enjoyed it when I was four or five. <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing it. You're doing very well because it's, it's your livelihood. So, can't well, be, yeah. yeah, that can't Indeed. be that bad. Now, um, I want to ask you where are you know what? If you had to do any other languages, yeah. just any other, what you think you should go for? Well, I mean, uh, I have I have dabbled in about twenty extra ones over time. Just just you know, study bits here and there. Okay, uh, let's just pause for a minute. I'm going to take a break from some music, and we will be right back. You are listening to Adventist Radio London, and we're speaking with Matt Spufford of Spufford Translation Services. See you on the other side of this piece of music.
are blessed. Melvin Smith, welcome back to Let's Talk Business here on Adventist Radio London. I'm your host, Claudia Welsh, and we were talking to Matt Spufford of Spufford Translation Services. And uh, before, when uh, Matt spoke with us, he told us he, his parents are from humble beginnings and he explained one parent was one of eight, the other was practically a single parent because the other parent had, had um, gone through the war and had suffered at a young, uh, well, passed on at a young uh, age. Matt does have cerebral palsy and he has explained to us that this has not stopped him from living going for his dreams and going for his ambitions. And this is where I always I always talk about emotional intelligence. Now we've talked about cerebral palsy. People, just go and Google it, look it up, read it, see what it's about because you never know you can come across someone like that and you need to um, be informed in how you relate to uh, people with that disability. Now, he further said the three words that uh, he believed that if his siblings, if he had siblings, they would say where he was determined positive and consistent and those are some big ones and the influences in his life are his parents and I, I sort of get an inkling that his mother would be at the forefront of that and um, he went to normal mainstream school and he had the support there as well and he went to the only uh, thing grammar school that was accessible which is fine at least there was one but nowadays most schools are made with accessibilities and uh, one of the things that he pointed out in terms of people outside of his family who are influences to him would be the BBC presenter and some of his friends who are on the national basketball team. But he point the key thing that I like that he pointed out was that they made a good life for themselves and they had strong moral compass. And th- th- those to me are some really riveting um, ways to describe people who you look up to and he was very very clear i do not want to waste the effort of my parents and the opportunities been given to me so he buckled down work hard and now he is hoping his own business in translating so he's puffworth translation services limited so we can look that up on on, uh, on the website on the yes website later now I am going to come back and ask him the question that we took before we went on that break. I said, if you could speak any other language, Matt, what would be those language or that language? Yeah, um, hi again, Claudia. So just um, before the break, I did mention I've dabbled in quite a few over the years just just to see how things work, uh, the grammar features and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. um, in terms of utility and potentially being able to use it as a tool to communicate with the most amount of people, Mm -hmm. either um, either Mandarin, I've done a bit of basic Mm. Mandarin in Scotland, coincidentally. Um, And uh, obviously, you know, I get me, I get me Spanish up to a, 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 a very good level as well, to the point where I could potentially use it to, you know, how um, help um, you know, Spanish uh, mm-hmm. Spanish people who've moved to Liverpool who perhaps need a helping hand to you know get work because mm-hmm. the, there are a lot of Spanish immigrants to Liverpool because we are one of the closest ports okay. to uh, Madrid and Barcelona. So um, that's a bit of info there. Yeah, <laughs> that would that. that would that would be that would definitely be useful. I think, yeah. of course. So you see, you're ever, you're ever coming up with the goods, indeed. And I hope that you can add it to your repertoire. So next time when I see your translation service, uh, when I look on your website, then I'll see Spanish on the side, and who knows, Mandarin to come. Wait and see. Hey. <laughs> now, well, let's go into the business of being a linguist. Yep. How does one go about becoming a linguist? Okay. Okay. So first of all, I just want to say that like um, being a linguist, I suppose linguist is kind of a broad term really Mm -hmm. in the sense that, you know, um, being a translator or interpreter, you know, those are the, the, those are the words that you may think, um, you know, when, when you think of a linguist, but at the same time, you you can argue that being a linguist is also using uh, languages in as a tool in another line of work. Um, so, say for instance, before I, before I started translating, I was a, a multilingual contact representative with uh, Bosch Liverpool. So, talking to German pensioners about lawnmowers, 
uh, that that kind of thing. You know, things that are you know really important in their daily lives that they need advice on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and you know, a couple of guys on my LinkedIn. One of them uh, is an IT specialist for. I think it's Oracle, and she uses French, Spanish, and Italian every day. So she would also be classed as a linguist to me. So, so go back to how you would become one. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's, it's it's, ne- it's never too late to become one. Really, I mean, if you if you say to yourself, right, well, I want to I want to learn I want to learn Italian for work, then you would you know you would spend a bit of time doing that. You'd uh, you know, you'd, you'd pick up courses, you'd spend a bit of time on the vocab or the grammar and everything. And then once you get confident, then, you know, you could add that to your CV and then use that as a tool within your work. So essentially, at that point, you could call yourself a a linguist. I mean, tran- you know, translator interpreter isn't the sole thing that you would aspire to if you were a linguist. Um, even if you don't use it in your line of work, you know, and you, you enjoy learning languages for fun, and there are a lot, a lot of people doing that now. Mm-hmm. Um, they also call themselves linguists because they, you know, they could when they travel abroad, they'll be able to, you know, speak to people and help, you know, help people on a on a daily basis. So it's it's a very broad term. Yeah. And what I notice about that is, uh, in the case where people have to run away from the countries that they are yeah. uh, born in, and they will come to <laughs> countries that they have never heard the language before, never yeah. spoke it, and they have to learn in order to adapt to yeah, society exactly and, and by default they end up speaking three or four languages um yeah yeah that's linguistic um by in its very nature of that exactly. now as, as a translator what does it yeah. involve becoming a translator well f- first of all the uh, you know there are there are a few routes really i mean mm-hmm. the 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 one the one that the translation agencies which are the main source of work for us particularly at the start of our careers mm-hmm. they they uh, specifically ask for a master's degree in translation and there are about 14 or 15 uh, universities around the country that offer that i went i personally went to um, Harriet Watt, uh, which is just outside Edinburgh, um, mm-hmm. and then there's there's Durham, there's Surrey, those kind of things. So, and then when you're in that master's degree, you will learn how to use the tools that we use on a daily basis, which are computer-assisted translation tools to assist to assist with productivity, really. But the 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 big the biggest skill before you you know, before you actually start translating in, in a way is, you know, you, you, have, you have to almost reauthor every text that you're given. You, you know, you look at a German text and you would say, how would an English person write this if they were to write it from scratch in mm-hmm. English? So it, it is, it's a quite a complex process, but the, yeah, so the, the, the first thing I would say is obviously look at potentially a master's or a diploma in translation if uh, if you don't have the money or the time to commit to a master's degree because they are both, uh, I think they're both level seven qualifications, which yeah. are, you know, master's level. Is it a competitive industry? I would say so, yeah. It, mm. it really depends on what we call the language pair. So like German to English is a language pair, mm. French to English. Uh, French to English and Spanish to English are far, far more competitive than German to English is, even though uh, there are a lot of um, people doing that pair. But the, mm. there is a st- an element of market saturation uh, within French and Spanish just because there are so many people doing it. So it is difficult to stand out, but the the key to overcoming that is specializing on an, on a, you know, at a very early stage. That's why I started working primarily within industrial automation and uh, pharmaceuticals. So like is that cancer, the BPO? Re- cancer research, that kind of thing. Okay, okay. So you found this. Is that the same as the BPO industry? No? What's that, sorry? BPO? BPO, you mean business process outsourcing? You mean BPO? Okay, I just saw that on your website. Now, what I would like to um, find out is what kind of services do you provide within your translation? So you mentioned German, French. Um, it's, it's German to English and uh, French to English yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. Now you mentioned the, um, what, would, would, what would your clients expect? What kind of clients do you get for those? 
Okay, so so first of all, I I, I don't I don't go vice versa because I, I'm oh. I'm not a native within, I'm not a native French or German speaker. So okay, the, the, so the quality the quality wouldn't be the same as a trained native speaker. Mm. Um, but yeah, so in terms of my portfolio of services, obviously translation is a given. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also uh, proof, proofreading and editing, which kind of come come into the you know the same umbrella. Um, the occasional transcription, so I'll get a, I'll I'll get a, a you know a German audio, or or an, or even just an English audio, and then I have to convert the audio into text for the client. Um, mm. Okay. And then on the other occasion, they will say, oh, we've got the text now. Can you translate it as well? So I'm happy to do that as long as they, you know, as long as we charge the correct rate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, fair do. It's a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you you talk about um, some different companies that uh, type of clientele yeah. you specialize. So in layman terms, what kind of clients would you be talking about what, what what what's a typical client like what kind of line of work do they do um, so so my my main my main direct clients so mm-hmm. so just just to just to make that clear is the clients that I go to directly rather than a translation agency which mm-hmm. which typically would uh, it would be their clients and then I would be I would be the provider for them but if it's a client that I'm going for directly then mm-hmm. it would be um, an industrial automation client, so someone who specialises in developing robotics for, uh, p- you know, warehousing, picking and packing systems, uh, you know, robotic arms, anything to improve any kind of productivity. Uh, so that that, and also, I've started to move into uh, working with that with with the bigger pharmaceutical companies, your Pfizer's, your buyers, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, Translating benefit assessments for the benefit of the UK pharma sector coming directly from the German pharma sector. Mm-hmm. So it is it is quite complex, but I, I feel as though I'm making the difference by doing that. So, and do you believe that this pandemic gave you that opportunity, and it was a good opportunity? Just just out of curiosity for me. De- definitely. I mean, it has. It's. It, I mean, it's definitely been more up and down than it mm-hmm. would than it was pre-pandemic. Um, you know, but also you've got the you know the the infamous B, the infamous B word leaving the EU that has potentially <laughs> impacted things. Uh, I'm not even so, laughing. Okay, yeah, yeah Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's that that as well. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to be honest, in in any kind of. Um, any kind of environment where people, you know, where where the market is down and there's, you know, the, there's a Volatility. bit of an issue in certain sectors. There's always going to be an opportunity for someone to jump in and fill that gap. Mm. Um, so, like, I actually tried to do this at one point by um, finding out that a lot of master translation master students didn't have the business skills to become translators. So, I built a course for them. Uh, to give them the business uh, skills, and and now they are in ebook form. Excellent. <laughs> so, uh, Excellent. so I'm happy to plug that for you later. <laughs> yes, and that's another source of income to your business as well. So you've diversified somewhat. Yeah. Indeed. Fantastic, and 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 that is the the, the um, creative side of business. When up, when there is wherever there is volatility, there uh, there is also opportunity, or there are opportunities. Indeed, yeah. So what I would love to know, uh, or I think my listeners would also like to hear you talk to us about, is yeah. You, we, we talk about the people who you would translate for and the clientele that you would have. Yeah. But um, how do you market? your services okay so there's there's it's there's a there's there's multiple levels to that essentially of say if you if you're if you if you just want to work with so you have three typically have three business models so you have the agency the agency model is a lot easier to market for because there are established marketing channels such as uh proz.com proz.com that is the that is the established uh, you know markets well um, almost exchange board between 
the between suppliers and translation agencies they will be actively looking for you and so most of my clients that i've had for many for well probably since i started they came from that site mm-hmm. um but in terms of the direct client side i, I actually my biggest one i i uh, i went on to a an automation group on linkedin mm-hmm. and I, I messaged them directly and said this is what i do um you know what would it would it be a benefit are you looking for the are, are you looking for this now i've looked at your website mm-hmm. it could do with a bit of tweaking you know yes. to put it mildly mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because you know it could be that a german professional will write the english on the website and think it's perfectly fine so so it's so it's our job to tell them as ni- as nicely yes. as possible that maybe maybe it needs a bit of polishing <laughs> so that's what we're there to do i absolutely love that of course it at least it show them that you're at least looking at their websites you want to know about them before you know not just selling yeah. them oh, fantastic i'm 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 liking what i hear and uh marketing is it can be very challenging it's it's mm. challenging i won't i won't say it's difficult it is challenging the legwork have to go in mm. you've got to have that yeah. drive to do it yeah. and um who is the third you said there it's a threefold business so it would be the 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 pros uh proz.com linkedin and um uh, with direct approach and would it be yeah. with the group yeah so so um so link linkedin groups are mm-hmm. of, uh, you know an area of vast untapped potential so um there are there are specific ones i can just pull up the linkedin for you now so i can have a little look uh, i think there's one called um what is it called now hang on uh, it's called um so there was the um the, there was one called automation and robotics that was the one that okay I, yes. I uh i went on and then i i found them directly i, d- I had a look at their website before mm-hmm. i spoke to them yes i said yeah this is exactly the kind of person or or company that i'd like to work for mm-hmm. they're actually part of a group as well mm-hmm. like an uh like an expert cluster and so uh, you follow you know, them uh, yeah so so mm-hmm. subsequently after my work with with that one business mm-hmm. she's since referred me to the marketing director of a subsidiary Fantastic. of that group so uh so potentially there's a there's there's an area of work there that could be uh you know further tapped over time beautiful that this is so this is so good to hear but the legwork have to go in you've got to put that work and effort in now what would you say is the highlight of setting up your business your translation services sorry i missed the first part what would you say is the highlight of your business setting it up uh the 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 the, the highlight i would say um as as in something you i found particularly positive about it or that's what you say is a star in your crown for your business so far um probably uh probably when well initially when i was put on a any on a retainer for a long standing client they they loved my work so much that they uh they they you know they guaranteed me a certain number of mm-hmm. uh, of jobs each month and got, and that guaranteed me a a certain level of income and so that gave particularly when when i was starting out because this was at the end of 26 well probably end of yeah 2016 is so mm-hmm. quite early on uh, and that gave me a lot of stability um and you know gave me the space to work on the other areas of the business that i hadn't really looked at particularly mm-hmm. uh, you know going to corporate directly because it's an entirely different mindset yeah uh, yes. and you need a different skill set you know you ringing you know ringing people up on a daily basis and getting hung up on <laughs> It's it's not it's not great, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. But you've got to do it. I I I, I totally agree with you. I'm I, I'm with a group that we did something similar, and calling people to let uh, to have them hang up in here, it is not the most um satisfying of feelings. So you know, I can relate, but the work's got to be done because out of twenty call, one person will show you some pity or mercy and at least engage you in a conversation. So um, well done to you. I must say that's a lot to be commended about. Now, knowing what you know now about your business, what would you say, um, what would you do differently, if anything? 
God, that's that's a that's a really difficult one. Yeah. Um, I think I think I well, I mean, think things have altered a little bit over the last year and a half, particularly mm-hmm. you know during the pandemic. And I've realised the value of consistent social media marketing, yeah. um, which I didn't have in place uh, at the start. Um, so I, I would I would. I would definitely do that. I mean, you know, with, uh, virtual speed networking, mm-hmm. uh, that that's that sort of thing. Uh, you know, y- you never know who you're going to meet. He, the the first person that I spoke to about that, mm-hmm. he was actually a an ex manufacturing CEO had worked in Germany um, and stuff <laughs> like that. And he was like, "We need to talk now." So you know, so it just, just shows you that you just never you just never know who's going to be there. I absolutely love that. Now. Uh, for what word of encouragement uh, would you give to someone who wants to follow in your footstep and um, do a, a similar line of work? Yeah. Um, so I, I would say, uh, you know, don't be afraid to specialize early on, even if you think you don't have the experience. Um, I, I would I would always say as well, uh, you know, b- before you before you jump in full time doing what I'm doing or, or we always you know, um, make sure that you've got enough work experience on the on the side in a specific area. So, at least when you come to specialise, then then you you know that you, uh, well, you know you know what you have to do essentially within that specialisation, yeah. and then that that. Um, results in improved client trust and then over time they'll just keep coming back to you and they they believe that if you can do the job properly mm-hmm. and you, and you you know learn how to run a business as well as a big thing yes. you know you you can you can tran- you can tran- you can be the best translator in the world mm-hmm. but if you don't know how to manage your money invest your money uh, correctly um, and also you need to know where your income and outcomes um, outgoings are <laughs> that if you don't do that properly then you will fail at a very uh, early stage so mm-hmm. just make sure that you've got all of those building blocks in place fantastic I would say. and do you offer apprenticeship or do you give back to the community somehow uh, I'm, I'm afraid I don't at the moment, apprenticeship-wise, because I, I am I am a, a one a one man band currently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but but I am eventually looking to to take on if if uh, if need be. Although I do outsource to to mm-hmm. trusted people that I know. Um, in, in terms in terms of giving back to the community, I would I would say. Um, you know, I'd, but well, it's particularly within the disability community. Really, is I'm I'm always, I'm always um, you know, keeping an eye, keeping an eye out for people who do need a bit of advice, or say, or or a, or a, a struggling sort of uh, with with being able to physically manage things. Just get, just giving them a bit of advice on 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 certain things. But in, ter- in terms of business, um, I've done the odd talk for University of Liverpool students mm-hmm. that want to go into translation. Uh, and you know, just be, just being there for them and give and giving them the advice that I wish I had. Fantastic. Uh, being and given. We only have five minutes, and I am going to squeeze these questions in at yeah. rapid. How do you see Spofforth translation services in the next, let us say, ten years? Um, <laughs> well, I, I I would say primarily that I work solely for. Um, you know, for aut- automation companies and potentially pharma companies who uh, who who, well, who who pay well, but also give uh, give me jobs that I, en- I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, potentially, maybe have a couple of members of staff on uh, if you know if if things if the workflow gets a bit too much. Uh, may- maybe you know maybe move into different premises because I do have a co-working space mm-hmm. in central Liverpool. Maybe have my own. Uh, my own premises somewhere, uh, you know. I'd, I'd love to love to maybe work in New York at some point, but who Ooh, knows? Put it out there. <laughs> you never know. Somebody in New York might be listening. So um, put it out there. And uh, what legacy would you like um, to leave where Spofford Service Translation Services is concerned? What 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 legacy? Yes. Well, um, mm-hmm. I, I think I, I I would I would say mainly just. Um, yeah, just just be just you know having. Oh God, that's a that's that is a tricky one. Yeah. Um, prob probably uh, just well. I mean, I th- I think what once well, I suppose moving back to the disability side mm. is is 
I would think that, you know, kind of say to people that, you know, even 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 if even if you are struggling now and you do, you know, you you're not, you're not quite sure where you want to go, mm-hmm. um, that you know, there there are there are there are entrepreneurs out there such, such as myself that have that have managed to come out the other side and have managed to make something of themselves. In terms of a, a business legacy, is a bit of a tricky one. I would say it, it's it's more of it's more of a Personal wider ranging legacy for mm-hmm. myself, but particularly well, for for the for the communities that I'm in because there are a lot of people that mm-hmm. just just don't have the aspiration. So just just give just uh, you know giving people the uh the freedom to dream give them the uh you know give them the space to say no i can't actually do this despite what i've been told Mm -hmm. by various people who think they know me um and i I can't i can't do this and i can make this work it will it'll be challenging but you know what you know all, all all good things come from uh come from extremely hard work Indeed. And I would agree with that. I I would love for them to be able to look at you and say, here is someone who with his unique challenge was able to overcome and he has made it. And you're there as an example, alive and kicking. I don't want you going anywhere. Alive and kicking, still living out your life and your dream. But the example, you have set it and you have set the standard. And um, where can we learn more about Spufford's uh, transition services? How can we learn about it? Where can we get in touch with you? Okay, so so I'm I'm obviously I'm very active on on uh, LinkedIn, so mm-hmm. that'll be the quickest way to get in touch with me. So if you just search for um, Matt, Matt Spofforth or Matthew Spofforth, mm-hmm. then you'll definitely find me there. My my company website is www.spofforthtranslation.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you wanted to look on on Prozy as well, the other website that I mentioned, mm-hmm. I do have a profile on there. So yeah. there's there's various ways, but I would say the quickest way is either um, you know sending me an email to matt at spoffertranslation.co.uk or spoffert is S P O F F O R T H. Yeah, that's what it, I, yeah. It, it is a bit of a tricky one because it is a Yorkshire name. <laughs> uh, Bless you. But the, yeah, so so either via email or LinkedIn, that'll be the quickest way. Or you can have a send me send me a message on through my website on my contact form. Fantastic. I'm loving this. And guess what? We are literally running out of time. So I'm going to shoot this one so quick that you give me a one liner. How yeah. do you manage stress? What do you do to relax? Uh, stoic, st- well, in terms of how I manage stress, stoicism. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just pe- pe- perseverance, persevere. Okay, indeed. And I'm going to thank you very much, Matt, yeah. for a beautiful interview. It's been very informative. It has, it's been very balanced encouraging and um, I wish you and I wish uh, uh, Spofford Translation Services all the best and I'm looking forward to that legacy being fulfilled and thank you lovely listeners for affording us your ears today it it has been a pleasure serving you now after um, we're finished here I want you to stay tuned for Jazz with Jazzy Jeff and after Jazzy Jeff stay tuned again for Reflection with Pastor Trevor Johnson and before I leave I am going to read that quote again the one I read before we started the interview it says in necessary things unity in doubtful things liberty in all things charity and that's by someone called Richard Baxter so that is to say to us remember the charitable arm of your business remember to give back thank you very much and we will do this again same time same a place we will indeed talk business Adventist Radio London inspiration for the soul